Except for a few isolated stories between the wars, little was heard of Makele Mbembe until 1976, when Roy Mackle, a biologist at the University of Chicago, became interested in the creature. Originally, I was lecturing at the university in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and a chap named James Powell, who was a crocodile expert, had been studying crocodiles in West Africa, in Gabon. And he had received information from the natives, from the Fang, of an animal called Nyamala, which was described as having a body the size of a hippopotamus with a long head, neck, and a long tail. This sounded very much like a primitive sauropod, those dinosaurs with the Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Cryptid Zone. I'm Jeremy Hughes. I'm Lois Stone. This podcast is brought to you by the future. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, it means that using the power of the internet, we don't even have to sit in the same room anymore. I know, it's great. I can just I'll never be... have to shower again. Yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, we're, this is the first time we're doing this over the internet, Yeah, which is exciting. I think probably for those of you listening at home, the only difference this makes is it sounds less shitty. <laughs> Uh, just because uh, I no longer have to like try and sync up two audio tracks recorded in the same room anymore. We can just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're really, not sound like ghosts anymore. The listeners are the real winners here. Yeah, everybody wins. Every single person. Great, ideal. Yeah. yeah. Lois. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what cryptid we're talking about today? Yes, I do. Today we're talking about the. Um, I should probably make sure I pronounce it correctly. Mkele Mbembe. Yeah. Of Central Africa. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is an, so. This is was one you you recommended. You suggested this one. Yes. Uh, and this is another one that you suggested that I had just never heard of before. I felt a little bad about not having heard that much about it before because it's like fairly well known in cryptozoology. Yeah, I know. As soon as I started researching, I was like, oh, there's loads of things on this. I like loads of people have gone looking for this thing. It's yeah. like the, like basically an equivalent to the Loch Ness monster, kinda. Yeah, I f- I feel like a lot of places said was like it's the Loch Ness monster of Africa, and I was like, but what if the Loch Ness monster was the Makolo Mbembe of Scotland? Yeah, I and if anything, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So you can't see Lois right now, but she's she's thrown her hands up into the air as if to say, "Come at me." Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I think that makes sense because specifically because um, the Loch Ness monster, like, there's one of them, right? There's only mm-hmm. one Loch Ness monster. It's not like a family of Loch Ness monsters. Yeah. Whereas Michele and Bembe is more kind of like a, a a species of creature than it is a specific animal, right? Yeah, and actually, there were a couple things I read that said that there might be some like subspecies of it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, um, the, what are the, some other names I saw? Uh, Emela Ntuka, uh, Mbelo Mbelo Mbelo, and uh, Neguma Moene were, were versions of it. Yeah. But I think different areas of Central Africa do have different names for it. So the Makula Mbembe, I think, tends to be um, mainly the Congo. Uh, whereas if you go into like Cameroon, then you get different names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what what you've done to prepare for today, but uh, I did watch the Monster Quest episode. Oh, no, that's my thing, Lois. 
you t- oh, no. you've taken all of my research and done it for me. <laughs> no, okay. I did read some other things though, so we can really okay. truly appreciate. That's fine. I I also What's read some of the things. I watched. Did you watch Good. Vice Media's ten minute search yeah. for? Yes, I that did. was that was hot garbage. <laughs> It really was. Uh, for the people listening, this this thing, it was Vice Media. It was, um, when did it come out? Not long ago. Like, I think 2013, about four years ago. Yeah. And it was called Last Dinosaur of the Congo with uh, David Cho. Yeah. And this guy was like, I like going places, so we're just going to go find this dinosaur. And then they get there and then... Some of the crew apparently wanted to change the story to talk about other stuff. And he's like, no, we're going to go see the dinosaur. And so then they go to this really rural area and then they're talking to the people and the people are like, oh, you want to see the dinosaur? You have to do you have to this ritual and drink this thing. And then they all start dancing and it's just like a ritual experience and they don't actually go monster hunting. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's just like... (laughs) It's very Vice Media. Yeah, it is. In that he isn't like a journalist. He's just like a guy who was like, yeah, I just got got drunk in a village. Yeah. I mean, if I could get a corporation to pay me to do that, I would also. So I can't fully fault him. But also, it didn't help me do this research at all. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Actually, the one thing I... Uh, I the, the one useful thing that I got from that documentary was you see some um, some local people on a canoe, which... Mm-hmm. Which ties into some. Just remember that fact. This is going to become important later. Is people on a canoe? <laughs> yes. Also, actually, there was one part where he pointed out that this area of the Congo is uh, one of the only places to be like untouched, yeah. virtually untouched by the last ice mm-hmm. age. Which I think is kind of important when we're looking at arguments about this creature. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should probably describe. Yeah. Do you want to do a description? Sure. So essentially, I can give you some some facts from the cryptid wiki, but like picture a like brontosaurus in your head. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's basically, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, other other. I mean, some people have said sauropod. Yeah. Uh, as as the closest kind of dinosaur. Yeah. Reference. Um. I think I think other descriptions include kind of like an, an elephant-sized and shaped body yeah, so, with a long neck like a giraffe and like a snake's head kind yeah, of. Yeah, so I've heard between the size of a hippo and an elephant. Um, and also yeah. it's uh, like it's got big round tracks with three claws, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is important. And it's got a long tail and it's supposed to be sort of reddish, like gray in color. Yep. Uh, yeah, reddish brown skin um, with no hair or feathers or anything. Yeah. So that's why it's it's called, you know, this, the people are saying it's a, it's a dinosaur that's lasted yeah. into the present, uh, which does fall into our classification of cryptids. It does. Yeah. I, oh, I don't have my list so. of, of I've I've failed again. Do you have the list in front of you? <laughs> yes, okay, I do. Let's yeah. do. Let's jump right into cryptid classification then. <laughs> so number four is survivals of long extinct species and to be honest i don't think we 
we need any other yeah i think that's it <laughs> that was the, the shortest segment yep uh however i would like to make an argument actually for it being a variation of a known species okay because i'm not convinced that it's just a version like a a type of sauropod that's like wholesale existed into the present mm-hmm. but has changed slightly right okay i see because I think it's it is a little unreasonable to think in the last like how many million years yeah. that it's not changed at all. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of spans the the gap between those two classes of cryptid then. Yeah. So that that's what that would my argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do you want to have anything to add before we jump into Monster Quest? Yeah. I think actually um, one thing to point out is so Michele Mbembe apparently means one who stops the flow of rivers so it is like a water dwelling creature yes that is lives in the region surrounding i think it's called lake tele yes yeah is the area uh in the congo yeah there's this lake specifically but the whole area is called Likwala, which is this area of the republic of the congo which is in the northwest and so it borders it's um got the central african republic to the north and then the democratic republic of the congo immediately to the west yeah and this one river, it's the river that they go through to in Monster Quest, is like the border. So there's bits where they're like, we want to keep going, but we literally cannot. Yeah. It's called uh, the, the Ja River, yeah. DJA, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's thought to travel underwater, except when it's sort of going between rivers or lakes. One of the things I read said that it doesn't like hippos and will kill them, but it doesn't eat them. Oh, I didn't read that. That sucks. Yeah. Hippos are cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, it said the same thing about humans. So, like, okay. if it sees a human, it'll be like, you know what? Get the fuck out of my swamp. <laughs> I won't eat it. Yep. And then it's supposed to eat this specific kind of plant, the malombo plant. So, it's a herbivore. Yeah. But that actually refers to a couple other different kinds of plants. And if you search malombo plant the only thing that comes up is stuff about this cryptid oh okay so this plant is eaten just by the cryptid and nothing else yeah pretty much or i guess if if you search the specific genuses of the two plants it refers to maybe you'll find something okay but i didn't do that because you know i just didn't yeah i got no excuse (laughs) yeah i didn't either don't feel bad it's all good um big water friend yeah water friend that's a good name for it just a nice yeah. little chill water pal. Giant water pal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think one okay, thing, sh- one interesting thing I saw as well is, is so there's a BBC article mm-hmm. about Michele Mbembe, mm-hmm. which uh, mentions that basically a lot of people have tried to find it. Like there have been a lot of expeditions. Yeah. The BBC article says over 50. Oh, wow. If you go on the Wikipedia page, it lists 34 separate specific expeditions to search for it. I did read through those, and there were a couple that I wanted to bring up because I thought they were they yeah. were particularly interesting. Cool. Okay. Do we want to go through that list chronologically then? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can go through. We don't have to hit all of them because there were a couple that I thought. No, no, no. Really... no. I, I, yeah, I don't want to talk about all 34 because you know, we boring. will just be here forever. <laughs> um but we can basically just like skip over and if there are any that you did want to specifically talk about. Yeah, I've only got just... four written down. I've got a few. Okay. So the, just just the first one that I wrote down was just the first? Yeah, same. Okay, we've both got this one there. Do you want to talk about this then? <laughs> oh, you, can, you can take it, take it. Okay, I got it. So this is a book, the, the first like print mention. I think obviously this, this would have been 
part of local folklore for probably a long time before this yeah this is like the first time um a european or a north american uh wrote about this specific creature was yeah. in uh, a book in 1776 called the history of loango kakonga and other kingdoms in africa which was written by uh, someone called Lievin Bonaventure Priat. You pronounce that um, much better than I ever would have been able to. Really? Yes. <laughs> because I have no idea how it's supposed to be pronounced. So You did it with conviction. Oh, thank you. That's all that matters. <laughs> doesn't matter if you're wrong as long as you sound right. <laughs> and that's podcasting for you. Hell yeah. Anyway, so Priat, I think it probably is a silent T at the end, so I'm just going to say Priat. Well, it does um, say he's French, so. Yeah, there we go. Um, so if I'm wrong... Please don't contact me to tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was a French missionary to the Congo River region. And so this book, you can actually read it. I think it was written, I assume it was written in French to begin with. But there's an English version online that you can read through. Uh, and it's really long. It's like f- something like 50 pages, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has all kinds of things to do with trade and like geography and flora and fauna and animals and culture and i think i think definitely to an extent it's written as you would expect a european at the time to have written about native tribes so super racist super racist yes yeah mostly mostly not great but there is one one uh, little section where he actually doesn't talk about this creature at all all he does is note a very large footprint mm-hmm. that is these days kind of attributed to Michele Mbembe. Uh, so I actually jotted down the, the paragraph. This is where he makes a passing reference in among talking about all of the other animals that we already know about that he, he saw during his time there. But he wrote, uh, the missionaries have observed in passing along a forest, the track of an animal which they have never seen, but it must be monstrous. The prints of its claws are seen on the earth and formed an impression on it of about three feet in circumference. That's pretty big. Yeah. That was me saying it's pretty big. That's not in the book. Hold on, hold on. Um, I just want to take the microphone and give you a chance to hear my cat. Oh, Lois. Um, She came to sit next to me and was purring. For those of you at home, my cat is also named Lois. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And she's my podcasting assistant. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I didn't want you to miss a... Yeah, I'm glad you did. That was great. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm glad you're both called Lois because it's one fewer name to remember, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just need to think, what was the cat called? Lois. And then then you'll remember my name. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, yeah. um, I like that this French guy says that it's it must have been monstrous. It's such a good phrase. I want to take it and use it as something. I don't know. Well, yeah, if your foot is like three feet Mm -hmm. in circumference Mm -hmm. then the rest of you is probably also going to be quite large yes Um, unless you just have really big feet (laughs) that'd be really awkward it would be awkward yeah but yeah i think so yeah after 1776 the one that it lists is there's a couple in like 1909 where it's like various european people being like we saw this thing yep it was weird as hell Mm -hmm. and then most of the stuff was like that. And then the, I sort of jumped way in the future, and I didn't write anything down until the 1981. Okay, I don't think I looked into 1981, so I'm interested to hear about this. Okay, I didn't look into it that much. But one of the things is that... Um, so there's this guy called Roy Mackle that starts popping up 
1980, and he's he's in the Monster Quest documentary and was quoted in a couple other things. But in their this 1981 expedition, this guy... So there were a couple ones. Mackle and Brian had an expedition, and they were supposed to go with this other guy, uh, Herman uh, Regusters, right? Regust? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Who was an an engineer, Uh, but they had like a falling out. So Regusters went on his own. He did a bunch of sound recording and said that he recorded the, uh, like the cry of the Krypton. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Now... Mackle was like, no, it doesn't make a cry. It doesn't. But I think that might have something more to do with like their personal fallings out than like actual cryptid research. They just had beef. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, okay. But th- so they took the the sound that he recorded and had it examined by uh, this physicist called Kenneth W. Templin, and it was inconclusive except that they said that it, you couldn't attribute the sound to any known wildlife. Okay. So they were like, we don't know what it is, so we can't say for sure it's the Makola and Bembe, but like we can't say it's not. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting. Do we? Is there like a surviving recording of what that sounds like? Um, I haven't heard it. I have watched. There's like a a really notorious piece of video from this 1992 documentary from this Japanese mm-hmm. crew, and I watched that. Okay. But I I didn't hear. I haven't heard the the noise recording. Cool. Um, interesting yeah yeah and then there's um this in 1985 1986 there's operation congo yep yeah led by bill gibbons who's also in monster quest yeah and bill gibbons so he's been involved in five of these expeditions yeah and after yeah and after we talk about monster quest i have some other stuff about him that i would really like to get into yep (laughs) um i know what you're going to say (laughs) and i can't wait (laughs) Um, it's exciting, building tension for the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, But, so this expedition, this first one, they didn't find any evidence of Mokolombembe. Yeah. But, but they discovered a new subspecies of monkey. I know, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, and also I think gives a lot of, like, credence to the whole, like, we don't really have any idea what's in this jungle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if these guys who are not qualified at all can find a new kind of monkey, anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. I think of the ones we've talked about so far, this is, I think, the most the, the most possibility that it could be real. Yeah. Because yeah. the others, like Jersey Devil, probably not. Owlman, yeah. probably not. Axe Handle <laughs> Hounds, definitely too cute to exist. Yes. But yeah, this one, it's like... Uh, probably not also, but like I could see it happening, whereas the others I just couldn't. Yeah, uh, fair enough. But yeah, and then the, the last one that I wrote down was this 2001 BBC documentary yeah. for the series Congo. This is another Bill Gibbons joint, right? Uh, I th- Possibly. Yeah, I think it is. Because it was a, so this was a, a joint ve- venture between two groups called um, Crypto Safari and also the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology <gasps> oh. Club, which is a Canadian... Oh. That was a different 2001 expedition. Oh, okay. So there were two. Oh, two in 2001. I didn't realize. Yeah. So the, that was there was that one where they they went. They did go with a BBC film crew. Okay. But then there was also for this TV series Congo. They did a bunch of interviews with pygmy people about like the local wildlife. Interesting. But this series put forth the theory that 
it's sort of like a folk memory of when rhinos used to live in the area. Okay, got it. Yeah, because rhinos do not live there. Interesting. No. Okay. I don't think that this is likely because of the the whole thing about it coming out of the river in order to eat leaves and reach up and eat leaves. Yeah, and it's like not, not like, just like a completely different shape as well. Like yeah, rhinos don't have long necks or anything. Yeah. Also, I mean, I am woefully ignorant of pygmy culture. Yeah. But from the very little I remember of the very little we were taught in school, that I think it's supposed to be a fairly like oral tradition. Yeah. Which tend to be a bit more strict about remembering stories right. than us writing down cultures because we don't need to remember things because we've written them down. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I, I just don't particularly care for this theory. Fair enough. But those are the big ones that I wanted to talk about, the big expeditions. Plus, obviously, Monster Quest. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump back before we yeah. do Monster Quest, if that's okay, to the 1988. Oh, okay. Where there was a, a, a Japanese... So it was a Japanese expedition. I think it was quite well-funded, but it was actually led by a Congolese wildlife expert. Okay, cool. A guy called, I think, Jose Borges is how you might say that. So this was uh, uh, the 1988 expedition, I think in like four years later in 1992. It's not clear if this was like just an expedition that lasted for a long time, but yeah, there was there's some aerial footage of what they claim to be Kaylee Mbembe in a lake from above. Yeah, so I did watch the footage. Did, it, have okay. you, did you watch it? Yes. Okay. And it's, it's so kind of classic cryptid <laughs> footage in that it's black and white. It's very blurry. It's very yeah. far away. Yeah. And you can see a shape Mm-hmm. traveling through the lake and this is where i this is why earlier i said it was important to point out that you see footage of locals in canoes because what you see in that footage i think looks very similar to just a f- couple of people in a canoe from far away i don't know what what you thought of that oh Cat's hello back. lois cat yeah <laughs> um yeah i i was yeah less than convinced by the video i could like see why you would, why it could be argued that it's no, Kelly and Bembe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it 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 was a big crest in the water. Yeah. But I think that I mean the video itself is 15 seconds, and of that, maybe half of a second shows what could be the cryptid. Yeah. Like most of it is just sort of like random zooming on bits of the trees. Mm-hmm. We encourage you at home to seek out this footage and. And let us know what you think. Yes. Whether you think it's uh, Michele and Bembe or not. I am firmly in the not camp. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have to agree, sadly. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that's the, that's what I wanted to talk about. Do you now want to talk about Monster Quest? Do I ever? I'm so glad we've looped back around. Because <laughs> the last two were, were not Monster Quest covered. Yeah. So now we get to return. To the wonderful to... world of Monster Quest. Hell Yeah. I am quite sad that, unlike the Jersey Devil episode, that hard-boiled, uh, retired NYPD cop does not return for this one. Yeah, but we that guy that I was talking about, Roy uh, Mackle, is retired University of Chicago. Yeah, I know. And I find that so surprising <laughs> because he... He's like, I'm, I I think this definitely exists and is a dinosaur. <laughs> and he's I'm like, like really? legit a tenured professor. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... In biology. You're better than this. <laughs> I guess once you have tenure, you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Which, like, fair enough. That's my... Maybe that's that should be what I do with my life, is 
work really hard to get tenure and then just become a cryptid expert. I mean, you have the qualifications now. You have a, a podcast about it. That's true. That's all you need. Um, Sorry, the cat is now trying to get on my desk. She knows that's a no-no. Let her on the desk. <laughs> no, okay, she's she's gone elsewhere now. That's fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Monster Quest, The Last Dinosaur from June 24th, 2009. Season 3, episode 18, yes. I think. My first note in watching it was shit hot graphics. Thanks, two thousand nine. Hell yeah! Because <laughs> um, it has some really, really, really great CGI. You can always count on the History Channel. Yeah. So one of the things I talked about was that I hadn't read elsewhere was that eyewitnesses say that it's got long, sharp teeth. Which, seeing as other places, it would was written that it was an herbivore. I was like, that doesn't check out. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I'm pretty sure I've never read anywhere that it eats people. Just kills them for fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's got the claws. Why does it need the teeth as well? For extra protection? I, I, Lord, I don't know. All right. Okay. But yeah, but it's got a, some little spines on its back, like a little fin on its neck. Um, and, then, and then our good man, Dr. Roy Mackle, shows up. Yeah. And he says, the only logical solution is the surviving small dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, well, he also did say, there's lots of unexplored jungle. There's not, there's just not been anyone around to observe the animals, except in the rare cases. Yeah. And I was like, Dr. Roy, I would like to point out that there are lots of people who live there. Yeah. It's just not Western people who are around to see it. And I mean... F- like, he could easily have supported his own claim there because he could say there are a lot of people living there and they all say this creature exists. Yeah, I, I think he does sort of later, but... Yeah. Yeah, because he popped up in another article that I read and he did sort of say that, but I was like, let's use proper language all the time about... Let's be accurate in what we say, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so then it talks about how it looks like a sauropod, the fossils of which are found on every continent except Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So, could be. Yep. Yeah, and then Donald Prothros shows up. Dr. Donald Prothero. Yep. Busting footprint myths. Yep, there to be the skeptic. Yep. Yeah, and so he's there. He makes, like, some valid skeptic points. I think so. Yeah, they did also do him a disservice where, uh, oh, the first thing that he says is, like, mm, a little questionable. Yeah. Because the first thing that he says is, uh, uh, he's talking about like the the eyewitness reports and everything, and he says they have a very different idea about what is real and what is legendary in cultures like that than we do in Western culture. And I was like, my dude. Yeah. My dude. Yeah, shady. But yeah, you said that he's busting a uh, footprint myths. Yeah. What footprints are you talking about? Well, it's the same footprints that I referred to before mm-hmm. with uh, with Proyar. A French missionary who wrote this book all the way back like three, four hundred years ago, saying that the the footprints are something like three feet across. He he did some kind of magic with plaster casts that I didn't really follow or understand, but uh, his conclusion was actually the footprints are probably only about one foot across, so quite a lot smaller. And maybe they maybe that means they would belong to something other than than Michele and Bembe. Like they could be maybe elephant footprints or something. I don't know. Um, our friend has reappeared. Yeah, I know. So I'm looking at you computer. on Skype, and I can, she's just taking up the whole camera, and it's great. Uh, she's left now. Uh, oh, Lois. Can you not step on my laptop? Um, she just loves cryptids a lot. She's such a good kitty. <laughs> um, I feel like we're going to have to put a picture of her on our Twitter account. Definitely. Um, the third yeah, member. Yeah, so that everyone can see. 
just how cute she is. Yeah, she is extremely Our first cute. guest star. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about these plaster casts. I like the theory that they had in Monster Quest about why the prints were there, mm. but didn't like the casts that were made. Because, of course, the guy like you know says, like, oh, these are some prints. Yeah. And takes a, a, a plaster cast of like the claw marks and takes some pictures. Mm-hmm. And they are they are smaller than sauropods. But how they were on the bank is that it was like, oh, well, it could be that the Mokelembe like came out and was sort of holding itself up on the side of the bank of the river right. to eat. Yeah. And like the whole all of the foliage around where the prints were had been eaten. Right. Up to like eighteen feet high. I think they mm-hmm. said that they measured. Yeah. So like that makes sense, like how an animal would act. Yeah, that does, absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, I think it's just some bad recording. Cause the claw marks what is that going to tell us nothing like yeah that's just plaster lumps yeah really plaster lumps i mean it's not like they could have done the whole footprint i guess but i was like that's just not helping anybody well you're the trained archaeologist here so if anyone knows about plaster casts <laughs> it's you oh oh if you haven't been around when i've gone on a nice lol rant about improper use of plaster casts and display of archaeological <laughs> evidence <laughs> you've been missing out my pal hell yeah i have <laughs> i'm glad i finally got one <laughs> yeah. um yeah and i think that it's one of the things that a lot of the people who do this research are you know not necessarily trained in yeah. that so it's just they're just making rookie mistakes it's just amateur enthusiasts a lot of them right yes yeah except for mr bill gibbons yep but we'll get to that we will <laughs> so after that on monster quest they they go out on a boat along this chair river mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and basically kind of scope it out trying to find michele and Bembe looking for yeah. any clues attaching technology to trees to like yes. do motion sensing and detect yes. it uh, there was a quote from rob mullen the guy who like helped with the expedition that i want to point out because he does say like i'm not concerned with whether Western science says that the animals exist, I'm concerned with the fact that all the local people say that it does. Yeah. Which is essentially the point that I was making. And I just wanted to point out that the Monster Quest guy said the same thing I was saying. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they go into the river and then, yeah, and they, they have like a little sonar thing that looks like a fish. Yep. That was very cute. It was very cute. And then they have like a little underwater camera mm-hmm. and they have nighttime cameras. They find a crocodile at one point, right? Yes, they do. Yep. So they do find some really, really big readings with the sonar thing, but crocodiles are really, really large. Yeah, so could be crocs. Who knows? Yeah. No definitive sightings of Michele and Bembe. Yes. Yeah. And then the weirdest part was when they find these like little mini caves. Yes! God, I- can we talk about this? <laughs> So they just had these like little holes that went into the the riverbank. They're tiny caves. They're they're like they're so small. And so what they were saying was that because the initial argument was oh like the Mokele members are reptile. Mm-hmm. Reptiles will find like caves to sort of hibernate in. Yep. And I was like that checks out. Um, yeah. So they were looking for big caves. Yep. But then they find these little little tiny ones, and they were like oh well maybe it burrowed and then like sort of dug itself in but then made itself these air vents yeah and i i was just like and they they, there was a bit where they got a stick and he was like poking the stick into the hole and they were like well the stick isn't touching the back so that's definitely deep enough i think there's probably one in there 
Yeah. And it's just like, really? Like, no other animals are capable of burrowing? Yeah. None? Not a single one? Oh, okay. Also, like, that's some fine motor control to, like, dig a hole big enough for a large creature and then get in it and then, like, seal it up again but leave a little gap for air. Yeah. If you've got, like, three foot wide hands, feet. Yeah. No opposable thumbs. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could do that. No. And I have opposable thumbs. Yeah. 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 When I when I saw them talking about that, I was like, what are you doing? What is this? I had to, like, pause for a moment. I was a little embarrassed for him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys. <laughs> I feel like we're missing something important here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, it was such a pity because like the cave theory, I was totally with them mm-hmm. until they were like, yep, no, air vents. It's a definitely air vents. That's one leap too many for me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But yeah, I think that was pretty much it for the monster quest. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to... Well, there were... What were some other things that I brought up uh, that I wrote down? Well, they talked to some local people about eyewitness accounts, yep. which had great CGI. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently the locals called this one area the Forbidden Zone. What? Because the Macaulay Mbembe shows up there so much. That's a good name for a zone. Yeah, it is. We should have called this podcast the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> we, we missed an opportunity. Oh, we did. Yeah, but one of the... Th- things that Roy Michael says right at the end is that in pygmy tradition if you see Michele and Bembe and then you talk about it you die. Oh that's bad. Yeah so then I was like is this why we have like so few records and like instances of it Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you know about the etymology of the word bear. I don't know tell me. Okay this is related I promise. Okay. So the word for bear comes from the Germanic word for brown. It means the brown one. Okay. And it has not related at all to the Latin and uh, Greek words for bear, which is where we might expect mm-hmm. the word to bear to come from. Yeah. But essentially, the bear had a different name. But Germanic peoples were really superstitious and believed that if you said the name, then a bear would show up and fuck up all of the shit in your village. Right. So they wouldn't say it, and they would just call it the brown one. Oh, and that became the new name for bear. Yeah. And so we've now lost the word for bear. Right. Because nobody would say it. Which was what? Ursa in Latin, right? Yeah. Something like that. Ursus, yes. Or And then uh, Arctus in Greek, which is why it's the Arctic Circle. Got it. Because that's where the bears live. Yep. The bear circle. The bear circle. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yes. Anyway, so the point is that nobody was willing to say this, so we've lost it. So I'm wondering if some of the Mokele and Bembe stuff is similar in that, like, mm-hmm. there's a superstition about talking about it. Yeah. Which means that we'll have lost it. Got it. And we're having a little cat break for those of you listening. Yeah. She. What? What is... Th- One second. What do you have in your mouth? Uh, you let me narrate this setup for you while Lois has taken off her headphones. Uh, she has stood up from her chair. She is trying to figure out what the cat has okay. in its mouth. She has now returned to the chair and put her headphones back on. And now we will resume with the show Cryptid Zone. <laughs> I'm so uh, that was probably the most relatable cat owner moment. Yeah. Ever. That was pretty good. And I got to be David Attenborough <laughs> Just... for a little bit, so <laughs> the dream. Yeah. I see what you're saying with the bear thing. Right, it's a similar kind of situation here, where uh, mm-hmm. where the people people don't like to talk about Michele and Bembe because of this rumor surrounding it. 
So yeah, I I think that that yeah. stands to reason. That's why uh, the locals don't want to talk about it for sure. Yeah. So that I think that's that's the end of, of the Monster Quest episode. Cool. Are you excited for what comes next? Yes. I was just, I was like before we get there. Do I have anything else I want to talk about? I don't know. I feel like this is probably like a good final act to the show. Is... Oh well, well I would say David Prothero before okay. we get to William okay. Gibbons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I found a blog post that he did about being on the show. Oh no! And he he sort of talked about it and and the process of doing it and and reading this is what got me onto the Bill Gibbons stuff, which we'll get into. But the blog post is actually an excerpt from a book that he co-authored. Yes. About cryptids called Abominable Science. Ooh. Um, which I'd actually read part of because. The university has access, online access to it. And you, if you have JSTOR access, you too can read this book. Oh, cool. That would have been great before I lost library access earlier this month. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting, I don't know, what sort of gets me about it is that his whole thing is that he's like, all of these cryptid people are really silly and it's just absolutely wrong. But then he himself is like profiting off of it. Yeah, I guess it's, Yeah. Yeah. He needs the cryptid people to survive. Yeah. You know, the light is defined by the existence of darkness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's written, like, yeah, a book that I can get through universities. And he can probably put on his tenure applications. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, maybe scale back your judgment a little there, buddy. Jeez. Yeah. But, like I said, that blog post turned me on to the Bill Gibbon stuff. Do you want to tell the people the bill given stuff okay well i feel like i I only have some highlights in my book here yeah bill gibbons like i said has been on five expeditions Mm -hmm. he is i guess what you could refer to as a young earth creationist (laughs) would you like to explain what that means (laughs) so that means that you believe that evolution is a lie and Mm -hmm. that the earth is two thousand. What? No, no. Was it six thousand years like old? Something like six thousand years old. Yeah, yeah. six thousand years old, and uh, yeah, God created everything, and there's no evolution. And God made the fossil records to test us. Yes. And they're not real. Yep. And so all of his expeditions to find Macaul and Bembe are because he wants to use cryptids to disprove evolution. And he wants to show the dinosaurs still walk the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah. I did actually find an article about this mm-hmm. on creation.com. Oh, I've never been to creation.com. Is it good? Well, I'm so sad that it's now in my browsing history. <laughs> you can delete that. <laughs> but it talks about essentially this, about the Bukal and Bembe being a living dinosaur. Uh-huh. But it says, this is the last paragraph. Okay. Uh, evolutionists have still not been able to provide a satisfactory explanation for of how a coleanths, coleacanths, dinosaur word, uh, can be living today and yet be completely absent as fossils in rocks dated by evolutionists as being younger than 60 million years. The discovery of living dinosaurs would be just as difficult for evolutionists to explain, yet for Christians, it would fit perfectly with the biblical account of creation, with dinosaurs reproducing after their kind, not evolving from or into other life forms, as evolutionists might think. Although it is true that many species of animals have become extinct in the thousands of the years since the flood, 
capital F. It is far less surprising for creationists than evolutionists whenever some of them, known only from the fossil record, are discovered to be still living today. Great. <laughs> Your facial expression is great. Jeremy has his like hands cupped around his chin. It's just like... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, there are a couple of things I learned reading this paragraph. Uh, one, I'd never heard evolutionist before. Yeah, I guess as someone, I guess if you're a creationist, you want to try and make it sound like you're on like one side of a debate against another side and you have to invent the other side as evolutionists. Yeah, and it was really weird because like, I was like, I don't know, I feel like usually when creationist is used, it's sort of like a dirty word and for people to be like, yep, I'm a creationist was a bit jarring. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Then again, I can't say I've ever met anyone who who was a creationist before, I don't think. I don't think I have either, and I grew up with a lot of Christian people. Yeah, I mean, well, so did I. I feel like most most Christians, all the Christians I have ever known have, like, also believed in evolution. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I did, I was, um confirmed uh, in the presbyterian church and one of the when i was being confirmed there were some adults going through confirmation and one of the guys that was in my confirmation class was like an aerospace engineer oh wow uh, which was really cool yeah. so i've been with people who are like yes science is the shiz mm-hmm. and i believe it yeah and yeah and it was just, just i don't know and i was like the fact there's an entire website for it and the website has like they sell all sorts of books and films yeah about how dinosaurs back up. Well, there's a there's a creationist museum out there somewhere, isn't there? Have you heard about this? It makes me so sad because I feel like dinosaurs are like a pure and good thing. Yeah, and you're and you're co-opting <laughs> dinosaurs for your for your own agenda. Yeah. Also, I hadn't heard that there was a creationist museum. Oh, you haven't heard about this? There's no. apparently there's like exhibits with like. Because the whole, a lot of the thing with creationism is like humans and dinosaurs lived at the same time. Oh. And so I think this museum, I need to do my research. I, I had, I didn't read about it specifically in the context of this. I've just heard about it before, but they have like exhibits where they have models of humans riding dinosaurs like their horses. <laughs> Let me see if I can find something right now to show oh, you while we're live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there we go. Um, I typed in creationist this... and the first autocomplete was creation museum. Oh my gosh. That, it, it, that gives me like anxiety to think about. Like it's hard enough explaining. Oh my gosh, it's shaped like an arc. Oh my gosh, I googled it. Creation Museum. It came up. Arc encounter. Yep. Goodness, I thought it was bad enough. The giant arc that's like being built in like Ohio. Yep. But oh no. Oh here. But we go. here we go. You're on the Creation Museum website in Kentucky, Boone County. Why do I know? Yeah, that's weird. Here we go. The the Creation Museum Planetarium. Enjoy learning from scientists and astronomers who affirm young Earth creation and explain how what we see in the night sky confirms God's word in Genesis. Also, apparently the organization that runs it is called Answers in Genesis, which, um, oh my gosh. Oh my God. I mean, unless they mean the band. <laughs> I'm, that's a no. And I feel like you have to be on some uh, special substances to find the answers in Genesis. Yeah. Sorry, uh, cat update. She has a conker that she found and likes to play with, and she rediscovered it under my desk. No. And was running into my feet while she was playing with her conker, so I had to find it to throw it into the floor so she could play with it. She looks like she's having a great time. 
<laughs> she really is. She pushes it around the carpet. Goodness. Okay, so we got to take a hard turn into creationism today. Yeah, good times. Oh gosh. Well, let's let's end on something else. Like I forgot to completely mention that this one article I was reading was talking about how the okapi 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 I think yeah okapi was believed to not exist until 1901. Yeah, and then we found it. Yeah, and they call it the African unicorn. Which I mean, it kind of it has the horn. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was thinking about it. I was like, to be fair, if I was like a person of Victorian England and someone was like, did you know in Africa they have this creature that's like a deer, but only the legs have stripes? And I'd be like, hmm. Yeah. That sounds fake and also wrong. Yeah. It's like a deer unicorn, like a, a, a deericorn. Yes. With a bit of zebra. Yeah. A, a, z- a zunicorn. A, a, ze- a zedericorn. <laughs> zedericorn. <laughs> if I ever start a metal band, that's what I'm calling it. Hell yeah. <laughs> zedericorn. Copyright Jeremy Hughes, 2017. <laughs> All rights reserved. Gosh. <laughs> Does that mean I have to give you any royalties from. Yeah, you have to give me all, the, metal all, band. The, all the royalties. Yeah. It's mine now. Matter of public record. Okay, well, if anybody has some metal band abilities, let me know. Yeah, do that. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Lois, would you date? I don't think I would. Oh, okay. Why not? Well, because the Nukalian Bembe just hangs out underwater. Yeah. Like 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. I can't breathe there. Good point. All right, I see your point. And then when he comes out, he just knocks over people's boats and screams at them. That sounds great. <laughs> and while that's a model for how I'd like to live my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't want to put up with that drama from others. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you want to be the drama creator. <laughs> yes. Okay, understandable. Yeah. What about you? Well, I was going to say yes until you pointed out the whole breathing thing and actually... <laughs> Yeah, now you said that. I mean, hanging out in caves is cool. Hanging out in caves is cool. You're so right. (laughs) But you can do that with anyone. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. That's the real, like, test for starting to date somebody. (laughs) It's like, hey, do you want to go go hang out in a cave? In a cave for the dry months. And and if they say no, then that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's just not a relationship built to laugh. And if they're like <laughs> hang out in a cave in the dry months, like the Mokelo and Bembe, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, you do. You found the one. Mm-hmm. You're so right. So that's a no for you from dating? Yeah, I think so. Our friend the living dinosaur. Mm. I'd like I'd like to know the like a living dinosaur, but I I mean, I feel like maybe it just needs to be left alone yeah i feel safe in the knowledge it was out there yeah especially since they're creationists running around yeah yeah did you know in in the marvel universe there are just a bunch of dinosaurs that live in antarctica no yeah i did not know that (laughs) yeah so this is a fact of marvel which i've been reading one comic that has been exploring people going Mm mm-hmm to this the dinosaur land yeah um and they're just like yay dinosaurs are so cool and i can't believe that they exist and i feel like that's kind of would be how i feel if they like you know turned up with a mccullough and bembe yeah i just be like okay yeah they're there yeah that's mm-hmm. all i needed to know yeah there's also several films telling us why we shouldn't mess 
with dinosaurs. Yeah, it's like, have you not seen Jurassic Park? Do you not understand the message? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yes. There we go. There's Michele and Bembe. Do you have anything else? or? I don't think there's anything else to say. No, that's it. We covered it all. He might be out there among us. Yeah, I think so. She. They. They. All of them. Mm-hmm. There we go. Swimming among the peoples. Yep. I like yeah. to believe so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll find out. We'll have to update this episode. Yeah. When the truth is found. That would be cool. To, to have to do an episode where, like, we found a cryptid. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to leave our homes to do that, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe not then. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we going to be back doing next week? Next month. I mean, next month. We can't do this every week, Lois. Time is a capitalist construct. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are we? Did we... Decide we this? did. That was a lead for me to tell you what the next month is. Okay, tell me. Why do you? Why do you have that lead as you asking me? Because I don't know shit. <laughs> I want to seem inclusive. Um, next one is my favorite. What is it, Lois? What is it? El Chupacabra. <sighs> it. I mean, you'll have to tune in next month to find out. Yeah. I mean, you won't. You have to do research before we record yeah, the next I one. I will. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And we'll also coordinate so we both don't watch Monster Quest. Yeah, well, Monster Quest is my thing, Lois. You should know this by now. Okay, you can watch Monster Quest. <laughs> I claimed Monster Quest. Episode one. Okay. In my in my uh, defense, I didn't intend to watch Monster Quest. I was just looking up on YouTube, found this thing that said, like, Last Dinosaur Documentary English Part 1, and then started watching it and was like... I think this might be Monster Quest. Yeah, and then you get the great graphics and you're like, yeah, this is Monster Quest. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, El Chupacabra, come back next month as we do that. Hell yeah. You can find us online if you would like to mm-hmm. on Twitter at CryptidZone or you can visit our website, Cryptid.Zone. Or you can email us. Yes, you can at enter.the at Cryptid.Zone. Yep. Any one of those places. Please don't be afraid to, I don't know. When I listen to podcasts, they're like, leave a review on somewhere uh so leave a review somewhere i guess yeah i don't know how this works <laughs> just shout it into the sky yeah uh write it in chalk in front of your local shopping center when the clock strikes midnight <laughs> whisper it to the person to your left <laughs> climb up to the highest tree in your neighborhood and howl it to the moon. <laughs> in the true cryptid style if you if you want to say anything to us like hello or how are you or a nice cat or a nice cat then you can do that at those places. You can also contact us directly. Yeah. Lois, where can you be contacted directly? So I'm on Twitter at SuppetsLois. So that's S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. Yep. Lois the cat also has her own Instagram. She does. I follow it. <laughs> so it's underscore Lois underscore cat. It's very good. If you are interested in seeing her. And like surprisingly well maintained as well. Like y'all put a lot of content up on that Instagram. Yeah. So it's worth following if you like cats. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I always appreciate Lois yeah. the cat. Yep. Uh, and her antics. Mm-hmm. And where can where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Hughes. That's the name Jeremy underscore the name Hughes, which is spelled H-E-W-E-S. So find me there. I, I tweet sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then also you do music sometimes. Yeah, I do. I haven't done one in a while. I need to get back on this. But I also have music radio, Distant Stations. You can mm-hmm. find that on Twitter at Distant Sounds. Give it a give it a follow and listen to the music. Yeah. Listen to the sounds. Of the, the distant sounds. I don't. Yeah, the distant sounds. Yeah. Yeah. There I we go. That's it Is that us? it? Are we done? Yeah. And uh, do you want to say do you want to say goodbye? You can't hear it. It's too far. But she's purring. Aww. Okay. I can see her ears in the corner of your webcam. She says thanks for listening. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care. See you next month. Thank you for listening. I'm Jeremy Hughes. I'm Lois. This is the Cryptozone. <laughs> Bye. And goodbye. <laughs>